What's up, Permission Nation? My name is Charles Specht, and I teach insurance agents how to quote less, win more often, and build a $1 million or more book of business through signed broker of record letters. Whether you're a brand new producer just starting out or you've been grinding it out year after year, you're in the right place to learn how to grow your book. I teach insurance producers my step-by-step 12X framework that helps you get the incumbent agent fired and you hired. After all, why waste time quoting when you can win with one signature? If you're looking for a proven system to help you 12X your book of business, then visit my website at www.12x.club to see how it's done. Otherwise, kick back, turn up the volume, and remember, quoting is for the week. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. Well, hello there, Permission Nation. My name is Charles Specht, the host of Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. Great to be with you. I apologize for having a week or two go by without actually having an episode. I've just been so crazy busy, I need to do a better job of actually scheduling this new endeavor into my actual week. So here I am, uh, begging for your forgiveness, and ready to offer you a topic today that hopefully will really help you secure a lot more business, more prospects turning into sign broker of record letters, and you winning. Okay, so please accept my apologies, and in exchange for your loyal listening to this podcast, I want to give you this information today to help you succeed. All right, so Over the last couple of podcast episodes, we've been spending a little bit of time talking about why your prospects don't trust you and how you can switch that conversation, turn it upside down, so that not only do they trust you, but they will sign your broker of record letter. Because at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. Whoever has control of the policies wins. If you don't have control of the policies, you're a loser, period. You are likely going to lose if you do not control the policies. And so whoever controls those is the one who is likely to win. And so when we think about even the percentage of winning in the insurance business, 92% of the time, whoever controls the policies is going to renew that policy. You're going to keep that client. You may place it with a different carrier, but you're going to keep that client. 8% of the time then, when somebody, an agent, goes through a normal competitive quoting process, only 8% of the time they win. 8%, and that's only if you're the only other one. If there's another competing agent brought in, you now have a 4% because the incumbent agent still gets his or her 92%. You and all the other agents are now struggling and battling one another over that 8%. Quoting is for the weak. Quoting is a losing strategy. There's definitely other ways in which to win more business, but we just have to remember that whoever is sitting on the throne right now is the one who's likely going to be continuing to sit on that throne after renewal time. So we have a problem in the insurance industry and that the insurance industry is not necessarily set up for your success. It's not set up for your success. What do I mean by that? Well, as we've talked about over the last couple of episodes, there are a number of things in which the insurance industry is set up in a way that does not necessarily lead to your success. Okay. In other words, what I mean by success is that the insurer doesn't trust you. They don't trust you. 
one of the first ways that we kind of talked about was just even in the way that the compensation structure takes place in the insurance industry. For the most part, you earn a commission percentage based upon whatever the premiums are that you actually place. Many insurance agents do not even disclose what that actual percentage is, or they certainly maybe don't highlight it like they ought to. But the fact of the matter is that whenever somebody is receiving a commission, I do not necessarily feel that their interests are aligned with the one who is actually doing the purchasing. Now, you may or may not agree with me. That's okay. As I've said in the past, you don't have to agree with me. It's my podcast. I'll say what I want. I actually don't necessarily feel that the insurance industry is set up for your success. There's too many hurdles, too many roadblocks, too many things that are obstacles in your way to help you have trust in the relationship with your prospect. And so we talked about a number of different things. Inflated premiums on your renewal quotes, hidden and undisclosed broker fees, brokers receiving excess or even contingent commissions above and beyond, brokers who don't no negotiate on your behalf, Brokers who promise a lot but provide poor customer service after the sale. Lack of qualified competition to motivate your current broker. Low-quality applications submitted to the marketplace. Brokers that block markets. Not you, by the way. Not, not you. But maybe somebody else uh, that you know of in your, in your area. Maybe your competitor. Brokers that block markets or aren't appointed even with the most competitive carriers. And just, for one reason or another, fail to let their prospects know that there's another competitive carrier out there. Hmm. Not set up for trust. Another one is just pure hidden exclusions and prohibitive policy terms. Insurance agents that may or may not actually disclose what is on a quote. Um, not only is it maybe potentially uh, something that they, that they, again, not you, but they, other people, might actually intentionally hide, but frankly, I think most insurance agents don't read the actual quote. They don't know what they're looking at. They don't read exclusions. They don't read the policy language. They don't actually know what is there. And so I think a lot of it, frankly, is just lack of expertise, which again, causes or hinders trust in the relationship. But today we're going to talk about something that if you can actually do this, it's going to help you win more business. If you can do this, it's going to help you get more signed broker of record letters. If you can do this, it's going to help you build your book of business to a million dollars or more. The thing I want to talk about today is that the insurance buyer doesn't know if you would be a good person to negotiate on their behalf. In other words, why should they give you access to the carriers that you want if you don't have a strategy to negotiate the best terms on their behalf? In other words, the topic of today's podcast episode is brokers who don't negotiate on your behalf. You know, I've, as I've mentioned on a number of podcast episodes, um, constructive risk, which is my other aspect of my consulting company, I am hired and retained directly by insurance buyers, predominantly construction companies. They hire me to manage the insurance renewal process on their behalf to work with the broker who's the incumbent as well as any other brokers that are brought in to offer quotes on the policies if the other broker doesn't have access to those markets. But they, they bring me in to actually manage it. One, because I just know more about insurance than them. So they bring somebody else in who is unbiased. Unbiased. I don't actually receive a commission on the constructive risk side. 
Um, I don't actually have any ties to the insurance carriers. I don't own stock in any insurance carrier out there. So I don't have ties to actually place business with them. And so I actually am providing wholly unbiased advice. The problem is that many insurance brokers are trying to woo the insured, are trying to woo the prospect, trying to make them just happy with them um, and build that kind of rapport, if you will, but frankly, never really get around to the brass tacks of, do you actually work in such a way that you would be the obvious choice of which agent to do business with? Yes or no? I want you to think about it this way. Why would you be a better insurance agent to represent the insurance, the insurance buyer, the insurer, the prospect? Why would you be a better insurance agent to do that rather than the incumbent agent? Do you have any real reason why? I mean, let's just say there's three carriers out there who are writing the business for that particular insurance buyer. The incumbent agent has access to them. You have access to them. Why should the insured give the markets to you rather than the other agent? Wow, that's a good question. I wonder why. I wonder why the insured would do that. Well, actually, I think that's probably one of the main areas in which insurance brokers, you who are listening to me, that's probably one of the reasons why maybe getting broker record letters is difficult. Maybe that's why winning has become difficult. It's because you're having a difficult time communicating clearly to the insured about what you're going to do on their behalf. Are you a beast when it comes to negotiation? You know what? Um, I wanted to just kind of take it out of the insurance industry for a moment and explain to you why this is important. Okay? Imagine you're selling a house or you're buying a house. How did you pick the real estate agent that you would do business with? Hmm. Most people pick a real estate agent because they like them, because they're nice. Um, can I just maybe make the point that that's not a very good way in which to choose a real estate agent? Maybe if, if I'm buying a house for a million dollars, what I want is a real estate agent who can go in there and negotiate on my behalf to drive down the price to make the other real estate agent as well as their seller understand that the house or the price that they're asking is overpriced and I should be able to actually buy it for less. Or if I'm the seller of the house, I want my real estate in there to negotiate like a beast to actually get me the very most money, the most money that I can possibly get on the sale of my property. I don't want someone who's just nice. I don't want someone who's nice. I want someone who's nice, but you better be a whole lot more than nice to get my business. You better be a negotiating beast, an animal out there who has my best interests at hand. Not to just sell a house or not to just help me purchase a house, but to help me get the best terms possible. That's what I want. Someone who's out there negotiating on my behalf. Do you pick a realtor like that? Let me ask you another question. Do you expect your prospects to choose you as the insurance agent for a reason like that? If you do, you're probably not as professional as you should be. Yep, I said it. I said it. I'm stepping on toes. I get it. Sometimes I step on toes, and I might be stepping on your toes. That's okay, because I'm also trying to come with the medication to actually heal that wound. But here's the problem. It's not enough to just be nice. 
I think we need to be more than that. Certainly the super producers who have a million dollar book of business or more are more than just nice. They are animals. They are beasts. They are killers. They are terminators. They are people who do not hold back. They are people who walk around and they are trying to get the best deal for every single person who placed their trust in them. They are people who do not play games, who do not take days off. They are people who show up on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. They are people who go back to the underwriter and they negotiate on your behalf. They are people who work with auditors on workers' compensation audits and they drive down the price, if you will. They are people who actually do that. They are people who go and have a telephone conversation with an insurance adjuster on the claim and they make sure, they ensure, they force, they push the adjuster to actually get that claim closed as quickly as possible to reduce that insurance reserve on that on that claim. That's what we need. We need insurance brokers who go all out for their client. Question, is that you? If that's not you, we've got some work to do. If that's you, then no doubt, you're either a super producer already or you are well on your way to becoming one very, very soon. So how can you explain to your prospect that you would be the one to negotiate better pricing on their behalf? Great question. Let me just, uh, before I even get too much even further in the weeds, I want to tell you a little bit of story about a conversation that happened yesterday with one of my clients. I um, was talking with an insurance agent yesterday, good agent. This agent was talking about you know, how um, they can do a better job on still prospecting new business while also handling their renewals. Okay, so we've got a lot of renewals that are taking place. How can I make sure that my renewals are taken care of in this fourth quarter, but still actively prospect business? And so um, this particular insurance agent, she said, how can I do that, Charles? How can I make sure that I'm doing that? In other words, um, and, and she wasn't saying anything wrong, nothing wrong. I just, I totally get it. I even explained to her that I get it. It's also very difficult to, to try and figure out. How can she um, spend the least amount of time possible on the renewals to do the best job possible so that she is then able to spend more time prospecting new business while at the same time then not burning bridges with her underwriters? And I said, there it is. That's the moral dilemma that we all have in the insurance business. That's the reason why I have my construction company. I mean, you hit the nail on the head right off the bat. You know, because what she was saying, and I get it, it's so true, and it's very difficult for insurance agents to figure out. I don't know the answer, frankly. I don't have an answer for it. It's just like, it's one of those paradoxes. I'm not quite sure what to do. But as an insurance agent, you have two relationships that you have to keep intact, if you will. One with the insured, and then the other one with your underwriters. Okay. Now, what's the best thing that you can do for your insured, if you will? If there's 10 insurance carriers out there that are pretty competitive, you need to put together a submission and get it to those 10 insurance carriers, right? For a number of different reasons. One, first and foremost, that it is in your insurance buyer's best interest for you to do that. You want to get them the best deal possible. Two, it is also competitively wise to do that. By getting the, by blocking the markets, if you will, securing the markets is probably a better way to say this. By securing the markets for yourself, it really then um, eliminates competition coming in and sweeping that insured out from underneath your feet. So you need to secure those markets. 
But the problem is that you don't want to burn those bridges with the underwriters. Okay, the problem is that if you start sending out submissions to insurance carriers, the underwriters give you quotes and you never place business with them, you are hurting your agency's relationship with that carrier, you are hurting your relationship with that underwriter, but you're doing a good job for the insured. Yes and no. Are you a local insurance agent struggling to find markets for your clients? Look no further than Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business. So don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. That's nbsbrokerage.com. And by the way, tell them Charles sent you. Yes, I think you're doing a good job for the insured. In the long term, potentially not. And that's the problem. That's where the moral dilemma is, if you will, that comes in that makes it difficult for um, you to be trusted by your prospect. It's a moral dilemma. It's hard. It's difficult. Nevertheless, very, very important and so she was trying to figure this out, what to do in this situation. And I just explained to her, I said, look, you know, I understand kind of where you're coming from. And I'm going to speak to you on the side of being an insurance agent, maybe a way that you can handle it as an insurance broker and not speak to you as an insurance buyer or as a consultant for insurance buyers. So I gave her my advice from that side. I said, look at the accounts that you have like looked at from a, a standpoint of the size. And these are the size of the accounts that you just can't spend time on anymore. Um, they're kind of with a standard carrier. They're on direct bill. You're not going to move them. You're not really going to quote them out. It's just going to renew with those accounts. You need to come up with that particular list of accounts that fall under a plateau, if you will, of commission that you earn on those accounts, and that's what's going to have to happen to those. Fortunately, that's the way that it works. That's why the insurance business is not necessarily set up for your success. But then every account that's above and beyond that, then you're going to give it, if you will, your all. You're going to spend all your time in it. Um, and yet, at the same time, I don't have an answer for you on what to do with regards to going out to all the markets and you know, getting you know, quotes from all of those and never placing the business with some of those underwriters. It, it, is ne it is not necessarily a great thing. A lot of agencies, a lot of agencies lose carrier appointments specifically for that reason. I get it. It's hard. I don't know what to do. I don't have an answer for it. Um, and a lot of insurance carriers, they don't like it. Well, I get it. Offer better quotes. I don't know what to tell you. Offer better quotes, you know, get the business. But it is what it is. Brokers who don't negotiate on your behalf. Let's now get into the brass tacks. When you're sitting down with your insured in that very first meeting, you need to do a few different things in that meeting. You need to build that rapport. You need to make sure that the insured feels fairly comfortable with you to start talking because you need him or her to start opening up and telling you problems. Problems, problems, problems. You need to become a psychologist, if you will. You need to become a psychiatrist, a counselor who's there listening and taking notes. I want you just to think of like that first appointment with your prospect. It's as if you're sitting in the chair and the prospect is laying down on a leather couch and they're telling you about all their problems. That's exactly what this first meeting needs to be like. You need to have them feel comfortable with you during that rapport process so that you can then start talking to them about problems they're having in their industry. 
so that they can start telling you because then you can create solutions. But you need to find out where that, their industry is going and the problems that they're, that they're dealing with. What keeps them up at night? Then you need to talk to them specifically about even their business. What are some of the main problems that they're dealing with in their business? Maybe they're having a hard time with you know, even meeting payroll or just retention of employees or whatever it is. There's maybe a new competitor out there. Uh, maybe the industry is changing the way it does business. It's becoming more difficult to figure out. Uh, then after you've done that, after you find out a significant number of problems, then we start dealing with the competition. That is the insurance carrier, the policy or the plan, if you're EB, the, the problems on the policy or the plan, uh, problems with the auditor, problems with the underwriter, problems then with your account manager, the whoever is the incumbent account manager, the CSR, and then also problems with the incumbent producer. You need to be able to figure out problems, places where they have dropped the ball, poor customer service, showing up last minute with the quotes, um, not going out and offering, um, not getting many quotes for them to even choose from. Uh, they get ghosted for about six months after the renewal. Uh, maybe they're they're asking the insurer repeatedly to please remove a, a vehicle from their policy that, so that they don't have to keep paying premium for it. Um, I mention that because it's a real world, real world um, example of what one just recently happened with one of my clients. Like it just, they moved the business from the agent because for three straight months they said, "Can you please take this vehicle off? We have to keep paying premium for this." Three straight months, never taken off, never taken off, never taken off. Well, signed broker of record letter. You're gone. You're fired. Basic things, these problems, find out all those problems. And then once you've found out a number of problems with your competition, then you start to open up your timeline of services. You start explaining what you're going to provide to them over the course of a 12-month period. You're explaining to them what it is that you're going to actually pro provide, the services that you provide to them in exchange for doing business with you. It's going to have it's going to have services that are certainly insurance related. It might also have um, services that are industry related, based upon whatever they are doing. Maybe they're contractors; they need help in their construction industry, or they're restaurants and they need help with something in the restaurant industry. Transportation, healthcare doesn't matter. They all have problems in their industry, which is why we were asking those questions so that we can provide solutions. Because when you have all the solutions, there's no reason for them to do business with anybody else. When you have all the solutions that they have uh, for their for all their problems, you become the more obvious choice of which agent to do business with. And so as you go through that timeline of service. Services, there is a major aspect to that timeline of services that I want to talk about right now. A major aspect to that timeline of services that you need to spend a lot of time talking about is how do you handle the renewal process? What are you going to do for the 90 or 120 days before the policy actually renews so that the insured can see you're the, the agent to do business with, that you are a beast, an animal, a killer who's going to work on their behalf, right? So you need to be the negotiation terminator so that you're working with and on the behalf of the insurance buyer. One of the main things here is now, rather than just getting copies of deck pages and getting loss runs and so forth, and then just kind of setting it out to the market, you need to have a real hardcore conversation, if you will, with the insured about the carriers that you're going to go to, which should also be in your timeline of services, by the way, which carriers you're going to go to, and then how you are going to ensure, please listen to this, please listen, you need to explain to the insured on your timeline of services these the things that you will do to ensure the best result for the prospect. 
that when you come with the quotes um, and you buy finally buying coverage on those quotes, that it is the best policy that could have been received, terms and conditions, lowest premium possible, best coverages, best terms, that there could not have been a better product that could have been received from that carrier had you not actually been doing it. Okay? So you have to ask some questions, such as, where's the other agent dropping the ball? Um, and I just think this is probably one of the biggest things that you can say to help the insurer to realize that their current agent's a bum without saying, I think your agent's a bum. There's something that you can say and you can word it or ask it in such a way that helps the insurer to realize maybe they haven't been getting the best service from their current agent. Maybe they haven't been receiving the best quotes possible. And it's just simply by asking a question without, without dra dragging your competition under the bus and asking the insured, based upon their history with it, what has been the outcome. Now, with that said, usually I would put a little parenthesis right in front of it and explain to the insured first, before you get to that part, you explain what your superior service, listen up, explain what your superior service looks like, and then ask the insured, when the other agent comes and does that same thing, what has been their experience, okay? So you might say something like this with regards to insurance agents who don't negotiate on your behalf, okay, or really aren't negotiating much. I would ask the insured uh, maybe a question like this. Say, uh, Mr. Insured, you know, one of the questions that I would like to ask, and if you could answer it for me, and, and I'll ask the question and kind of give you a little bit of an, an understanding first, even before you have to answer it, about how I would do it uh, if I was your agent. But I want to ask you, um, when your agent showed up last year with the quotes and you decided to buy coverage with ABC Insurance Care, who you're with right now, when, you, when they showed up with a quote and you decided to buy coverage, did they say, hold on a minute, let me go back and see if I can renegotiate on your behalf to even get better pricing on your behalf? And so I want you to think about that and, and maybe answer it in just a moment, but I want to first explain to you about what I do, and then we'll see whether or not your, uh, your current agent has been able to do that as well. So one of the things that I do is I go out to all the markets. I go out to all the markets who are writing your business. I gather the quotes from them. I bring you the quotes. I will actually put them on an Excel spreadsheet in columns, side by side, so that you can see the differences in what each of them are offering in regards to their quotes. You'll see the, the premium right by one another, the rates. You're going to see the residential exclusion. I'm going to have those for you so that we can read it and see what's there, what's not there, all the terms, final audits, minimum premiums, all of that. So we can actually make a really valid decision which insurance care is offering you the best terms and for the best price. And then once you and I decide decide which insurance carrier you want to eventually buy coverage with because of the terms and conditions, what I'm going to do then is I'm just going to become a negotiating machine on your behalf. And instead of buying coverage yet, I'm going to go back to the underwriter and I'm going to drive them down to go back and sharpen their pencil. I'm going to go down and push them to actually lower their premiums even more, to get reductions on the rates, to get better terms, maybe even get better terms on the audits and the final audits and, and all of that. So I'm going to be driving them down and then they're going to re- they're going to re-offer a quote, if you will. They're going to offer a, an updated quote, and I'll take a look at it. Um, I'm going to give a little bit of time, and then I'm going to go back and push them and see if I can renegotiate even a little bit more to drive it down so that you and I will know that based upon 
the final negotiation strategy that I have set in place with the underwriter that you will have received the lowest premium possible from that carrier with the absolute best terms. And this is something that I do for every single one of my clients, bar none. That's what I would do for you. And so my question for you, Mr. Prospect, is that when your insurance agent shows up with the quotes, have they ever really gone back and negotiated like that on your behalf? Or do they just show up with quotes and you buying coverage? I'm telling you, if you can word the conversation somewhat like that, I do believe that you are going to be much more effective at getting signed broker of record letters. That one thing by itself Bar none, that one thing, if you do that right, if you can actually begin to communicate how you're going to negotiate and renegotiate in order to drive down the premium with the carrier who is offering the best terms possible, if you can do that, I do believe then that you should absolutely, without hesitation, be the agent who represents those carriers, period. Absolutely. As an insurance consultant, if you said to me, that's what you're going to be doing for my client, for the insured, I would say, great, here's the broker of record letter. Having the insured sign it for you. We're going to have you go to the marketplace. I'm going to watch what you do on your negotiation. I just want to watch it. I want to see it. I'm going to watch it as you bring the best results to the insured. Because you know what? Frankly, your competition doesn't do that. Your competition is not out there doing that. And maybe you haven't either. That's why this is a golden opportunity for you to build that trust with the insured even during your first appointment with them to explain by having it on your timeline of services so that they can actually see it in black and white, the things that you're going to do. Because if they don't, it's just verbal exercise, right? So you want to see when you're going to do these things and the timing of it. You're going to show up with quotes 10 days beforehand. You're going to go back and actually negotiate with the underwriters, uh, with the underwriter again on that ninth day. You're going to drive them down. You're going to push them down. You're going to receive their, re their revised quote seven days before the renewal. You're then going to wait one more day and you're going to renegotiate and drive down in a little bit more and get a revised quote if possible on that sixth or fifth day. And then you're going to meet with the insured at that time and show them what you were able to accomplish in your negotiation strategies, and you're going to buying coverage at that time. That is a great plan. That is a great strategy. You say, well, Charles, um, that's not something I've done before. I know. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Most insurance producers have no plan whatsoever. Let that sink in for a moment. Most insurance agents, most brokers, have no plan whatsoever. Their plan is chicken business. They're just winging it. They are gathering deck pages and loss runs, putting together submissions, and just blanketing the marketplace to see what sticks. Maybe they're blocked out. Maybe they're not. Oh, they're not blocked out? Great, we got in first. They're totally excited. They just get all these quotes in, if you will. They put together a little glossy proposal. They have no plan of attack. Um, they haven't negotiated with, an, with, the, with the insurer to even decide what they need to accomplish in order to win the business. They haven't garnered the trust. They're just winging it. That's not you, is it? I hope not. It certainly doesn't need to be you going forward. There is a much better plan 
to build a $1 million or more book of business. And it is in the art of persuasion. It's in negotiation. And specifically, it's for those who are flat-out terminators when it comes to renegotiation. Not too difficult to do, but potentially difficult for some to begin implementing. Hmm. I wonder if that's you. My name is Charles Specht. I am the President and CEO of Permission Network, where I teach and train insurance agents on how to build a $1 million or more book of business. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you gotta do is you gotta admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial. But you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you, and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland, and we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.